0: Companions, got a special episode for you today. We will be following Ziv Reinhold for a full one-shot. He has been given a mission and is teaming up with some of Remora's recruits. Hi, I'm Lucas, the DM from the Ballad of the Seven Dice, uh, and
1: I will be playing Ziv Reinhold, the Shadow Elf Fighter.
2: Hello, I'm Diana. I'm the DM of the Multiclass Theater podcast, and I will be playing Narani, a half-elf druid.
3: Hey, this is Jeremy, GM of the actual play podcast, May Kingdoms, and I will be playing Xdolu, the Evocation Wizard.
0: It is the peak of the fall season in the year 1091 of the Third Age. The three of you find yourselves in a fierce storm. From getting on the boat on the southern coast of Mithron all the way to the northern coast of Atherne, the storm has raged giving you no time to really converse other than formal greetings. Ziv, Exdolu, and Nurani, you have been sent south to Linalia to venture to the Necrol Mountain. Heltron selected the three of you for this mission while the others gathered by Remora venture off to other areas of Aces for similar duties. Exdolu and Narani, you've been involved in Heltron and Remora's mission to power these four orbs and defend Asus against this prophetic attack from Brickzolis. It's been about a month now. But you took to the belief in mission quickly once Heltron and Remora began sharing evidence that the prophecy may come true. Remora and the Wizard's Rainbow is aware of every connecting portal to the other realms from Aces. Of the six habitable planes, the ancient civilization of the Frolarians built massive, dangerous entryways to protect the gates from being abused. This giant race often built these doorways near the top of mountains. The arcane well, for example, was built with a labyrinthian-style entryway that was converted to be more usable by the school of planar learning. However, most of these gates to other realms have not been breached by the wizard's rainbow, to leave the Furlarians' protection in place but Remora is afraid that with the prophecy, the Grixolis Gate needs to be closed however possible. As your ship nears the coast of Atherin, you all prep your gear and shuffle out to a landing boat. A sailor rows you towards the beach, though needing some assistance occasionally against these rough waves. Once on the rocky beach, you make your way south into the Eslin Mountains as this fierce, weeks-long storm finally ceases. You find a place to camp, and dry off making a campfire with some difficulty with all the damp deadwood around.
1: I hate ships so much.
2: I've never been on one before.
1: That was like the worst ship.
2: Oh, I, I'm sorry. i sorry. I meant to ask, but what kind of elf are you?
1: Yeah, um, I'm not too sure. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine, Vorin, and he says we're... Something like a shadow elf or something? Apparently I'm not from this world. I, myself, am originally from Grixalis, though I have no memory of it.
2: Hmm. Well, that could explain some things. I, I have never encountered an elf such as you. And I still do not understand why you didn't just walk up and ask to come in our land, rather than just skulking about through the forest.
1: Probably because Hiltron was a human that we were sneaking him in. Although he looked great. I was quite proud putting that together till his ears fell off.
2: I mean, sort of, yes. Not good enough to fool me. I mean, though you did kill me or nearly kill me. So I guess the joke's on me.
1: I'm still sorry about that. I I still have scarring from those bear claws. That was terrifying. I don't know if I'll be able to
3: really go camping uh, the same again.
2: Oh, don't let that change your mind. Look around you. It's magnificent out here.
3: I feel as though I'm missing something here as I look between the two of you.
1: Well, let's knock into the elven lands uh, with a human, Heltrone. I believe you already met him. And we got into a tussle with some elves twice, I think. And we may have taken a few lives. And then our friend here transformed into a massive bear and attacked us, knocked out Heltron, And uh, I really thought I was going to die. And I almost killed them. And, well, that's, yeah, that's how we met.
3: Interesting,
2: your sort of standard girl meets boy meets bear kind of thing, yeah, though did I die? I'm not sure I'm still not sure did I die I went black and
1: honestly these days it's it's a blur How did you all know uh Helltron?
2: well th- I mean I found him when you found me. I did not know him previously so it was news to me
1: hmm
3: oh well. Vorn and Kristoff came by to the capital city of Aethern. Hmm. They needed some help powering up these orbs, and uh, being the most powerful wizard they know, of course, came to see me. You're the most powerful wizard? Really? Well, I don't know about thee, but out of the ones they could all think of,
2: considering their power, sure, probably the. Surely there's an elven wizard that is far more powerful than you. I could not guess a human being so powerful.
3: I pull back my hair a little bit to reveal my half-elven pointed ears. Oh.
1: Wow, just elves everywhere, huh?
2: Well, that explains something. Not everything, but something.
1: Kind of similar to how I met you, Narani. I was being chased by bandits, and it was frightening. It's the first time I ever saw anyone die. This man beside me. We were going through there. It was a blur trying to get my carriage through these these hills through these paths and eventually I crashed and I had, I had to take the life of these people coming after me. And I really thought Helltron, as he arrived with his companions, I thought they were coming to kill me. That was my, my first encounter with him. Honestly, the first while I was talking to Helltron, I, I didn't trust him at all because there was a part of me that really hated what I did when I met him the fact that I had to kill someone and they took it so nonchalantly because it's just guess a matter of life to them, but it took me a long time to get used to this adventuring lifestyle. But I feel like I've I've grown a lot knowing Heltrone and his people. You know, and Heltron and Vorn have become really good friends of mine. They're really good people. And uh, I'm glad that I met them. I'm glad that I'm meeting you now and that we're we're getting along and single parts of this crazy world. I'm so excited to go into an ancient labyrinth.
2: So you found it easier to take life now, and you consider that growth?
1: I wouldn't say easier. Um, I found it easier accepting myself and what I've done, why I did it. But any time I have to take life, it's difficult, and I don't want to do it. Sometimes my hands shake... I get really scared and I I guess it gets a little primal where I just kind of act on instinct when we were in those forests and those elves attacked us something took over me and I had never done this before I just suddenly appeared in front of the other elf and before I knew it my sword was swinging and I took their life. I didn't want to kill anyone but fear and just a desperation of survival but I guess being able to understand that sometimes these things happen, that you have to protect yourself. If someone's taking your life, you will have to defend yourself. I found that to be uh,
3: a moment of growth. Death is a necessity of life.
2: Mm.
3: It is best you learn that quickly.
2: I disagree. I
0: feel like there's two two people trying to
3: <laughs> lead me down too fast here.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Reminder for all of you that uh, everyone in Aces at this time is immortal, so. Oh. Well, and people still die. Like, you can get stabbed oh, and yeah. fall over yeah. and all that. I mean, there is disease still. Gotcha. But, like, age doesn't kill.
2: Okay. So so tell me, Ziv, Hmm. do they come back? Does what come back? Do they come back, these people you killed? Do they return to you? Do they haunt you?
1: Sometimes. Sometimes I wake up, and it's more like seeing, seeing the moment of their death is what really, really bothers me. Sometimes I see it at night. I asked Heltron how he deals with it, and he just says, at least for him, it got easier. Hasn't really gotten easier doing it, but it's gotten easier being able to just kind of move on with the day.
3: It is a waste of time and energy to put your emotional and intellectual energy into thoughts of death. It is what it is. Move on. Yeah, it sounds like a wizard.
2: No, there is power in the moment of death. It is not something to be cast aside so cavalier.
3: That power is that of chaos, with every death there is rebirth, and that is essential to preventing this world from becoming stagnant. That moment, that pure, simple moment between life and death, that is where chaos resides.
2: I would not call that chaos. I would call that the cycle. I would call that life.
3: It's a good
1: thing we don't have that in a portal form.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And so you say, Ziv, you say this, you say Heltron is immune to this, that he does not regret, that he does not worry about the lives he has taken.
1: I think what he told me was just that it gets easier as he goes on. He was a soldier, he's probably been through a few wars, and so I guess that's that's probably changed the process for him. My father was a doctor, because being an actor was too difficult, and (laughs) my mother was a soldier. And so I had really two sides of the coin always growing up. It's a little bit of <laughs> with a little bit of acting.
0: I re-listened to that <laughs> segment the other day trying to prep for this. And like I still laugh every time you say it. <laughs> you let me get away with that. It. It's easier to be a doctor than <laughs> an actor.
1: <laughs> well, uh, do any of you have any experience going into ancient labyrinths of unknown origin and power?
2: Um, not personally, but ancient, yes. Power, yes. Unknown, no. I know every square inch of Lathansis. I have wandered it for hundreds of years. I do not know much of life or the world outside of Lathansis, and I have not really liked what I've seen so far.
1: It's it's definitely a little rough. There's some of it I don't understand. Admittedly, I'm not even 20 years old, so... I feel like I don't have as much experience to bring to the table here, but
2: you know more of this world than I do.
1: Everyone wants money is basically what I've gathered. Oh, and uh, and better news. I, I brought some candy from <laughs> Lathansis, So, does anybody want some?
2: You brought candy from Lathansis?
1: Yeah, I picked some up. On the way back, it was a lot easier when I wasn't trying to avoid everyone.
2: Oh.
1: I also got this cool little chain thing here. Apparently, put it on your keys. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have any keys.
2: Did anyone say anything to you?
1: Yeah, they said it was really special. Uh, they've only made a few of them in their lifetime, and that's why it cost 10 gold.
2: Yes, yes, yes. Yes, no, it it is, yes, a very special treat. Only made on the high holidays and given to the chosen folk. Consider yourself lucky.
1: Oh, wow. Do I ever.
2: I, I meant more when people saw you, considering how you look. Hmm. I could imagine you caused a bit of a fuss. Yeah. We do not, um, what is the word in, that you humans use? Cotton to outsiders.
1: There was a lot of pointing, whispering, staring. Even a kid said, what's wrong with it? Uh, but, you know, I'm kind of used to it. I've, I've never met another elf until I met Borin. I've never met anyone that was like me. I've always wondered where the other elves like me are. And, uh... No one's ever really mean to me or anything like that. It's just everyone doesn't know what I am. And to be honest, I don't really know what I am. The people from the School of Planar Learning, they had a little bit of an idea. I talked to a guy who made a painting, but it wasn't a whole lot. I think his name was Gregory.
3: Ziv, hmm. tell me you have no memories of these? your origin. You say you were born here? Oh, I was apparently born in
1: Grixalis. I was brought here as a baby, but on the blanket that I was wrapped back, wrapped up in, it said to you know, like hold back the flames of war. And um, honestly, we're worried about a giant army marching through the Gryxalas gates. I really feel like this is this is leading up to it. I don't have a lot of experience under my belt, but this really just seems like a point A to point B thing.
3: Do, who told you about what was written on this blanket? My parents. And your parents were both human? No, they're both elven. They're, um, I, like, they're my
1: adopted parents, but, like, you know, they're my parents. We're in the Norfair Wood just near Gamor.
2: Dave, could I roll a History or Insight check to see if that prophecy rings a bell at all? Or is that, it's just not going to?
0: Let's go with a, uh, either History or Religion, whichever one you prefer.
2: Eh, they're both the same.
0: And I will continue to cry.
2: Ooh, I rolled a 19 plus 1.
0: So, with a 20... The prophecy and I guess the saying of "hold back the flames of war," it doesn't really ring a bell because you also didn't really know about this prophecy that Grixolis was um, a threat. This seems to be something Remora and the Wizards Rainbow found out, and not something the Elves knew of. And if they if the Elves knew of it, they didn't tell you about it. it wasn't like a rumor running running rampant through Lathansis.
2: Okay.
3: And Ziv, who gave you that term "shadow elf." your parents as well.
1: Ah, oh, Vorin. Really nice guy. You met him. Now, he could be a little grumpy at first, but he's, he's got a heart of gold.
0: Uh, for you, Ex-Dolu, Vorin, whenever he met up with you and recruited you, basically, he's also a, the same type of elf as Ziv. Ooh, okay. He said he knew his father from
1: Rixolus, and he said he was a pretty bad guy. But, you know, he's, Vorin's a
0: good person. Are you, uh, trying to determine what type of elf he really is, Xdolo.
3: Yeah, I was doing a history check at this point, a
0: 16. So with a 16 on a history check, for the listener's sake, Xdolo, you, um, you're not affiliated with the Wizards Rainbow or the Golden Crail, which are the two most powerful wizarding organizations in Asus, but yet you seem to excel past their skills. And with that, you spend a lot of time in libraries, studying anything that you possibly can to make yourself stronger. And you actually do know what he is. He's a Shadar Kai. And how much do I know about Shadar Kai? Pretty much. That they exist and come from the realm of Grixolis.
1: You want to see something cool? I kind of roll my eyes, sure. Uh, I take one of the candies.
3: I get the feeling you're going to show me anyway. <laughs> I take one
1: of the candies and I throw it, and then I teleport. Uh, to go catch it like that black energy just appears around me you feel that wind just suck into that spot and then suddenly i appear in this area and i catch candy
3: rolling arcana what's that badass (laughs) uh rolled a 17 on arcana
0: that is what is known as the blessing of the raven queen Uh, (laughs) oh badass all right all right since we're going to bed, I have no problem using it right now. <laughs> that I think he can do once per day. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Yep>. <laughs> and I uh, so how often can you do that? I don't know. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, why don't you try to do it again right now?
1: All right. Here we go. Uh, I'll focus really hard. Squint
0: my face. Look around. Yeah, do it. Give me a dexterity save. Uh, 17. Okay, you succeed, but you kind of stepped forward, expecting the energy and <laughs> like to happen and push you forward, and you almost tripped on a like a rather large rock, but you catch yourself. Phew, nailed it. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I didn't.
2: I didn't do it. No. Uh, yes. No. Um. Well, I think we all learned something there, didn't we?
3: Yeah. So, do you talk to the Raven Queen much? Whoa. Who's the Raven Queen? <laughs> okay. Well, you can't just drop that and then just walk away kind of thing. Given that you have that power, mm. one would assume that you would at least have had a conversation with her.
1: Um maybe I have. Hmm. Do you
3: know what she looks like? What does she look like in this realm?
0: Um, she's not from Aces. she's
3: from Grixolis. So <laughs> Oh, okay, gotcha. So I'm tying everything together at this point. Yeah. Hmm.
1: You want to try to commune with the Raven Queen? We got like a fire thing no, here. No.
3: No. You no, sure? I'm. Um. I got some magic. I can. I can make this happen. I'm curious as to how. I think I know what you are and where you come from, and connection you still have. Really? Well, you said you're from Gasolus. Yeah. You know. You're not just a shadow elf. You're. It's called the Shadarkai. Oh. Your, your people aren't known for their niceties, to say the least. And this Raven Queen, she's also from that realm. Hmm. They tend to embrace death and all of its forms. And its ugliness and its beauty. That would explain the black energy. It happens, but... Black is often associated with death, yes.
1: We know that I'm good. Vorin's good. That's too good, Shatterkai. We're already beating the odds.
3: <laughs> so it would seem. You
1: know, maybe it's time to rewrite history.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have like a little notebook and writing down like Raven Queen, Shatterkai.
3: I'm also pulling out my notebook and writing the exact same thing.
1: Look into this, have a follow up meeting. Stay close. Yeah, no problem. I'll sit down on the log beside Extoler.
3: After we are done here, I believe we're going to have a very, very long conversation.
1: Cool. You can show me your wizard tower. You're looking at my wizard tower. I hope that wasn't a euphemism.
2: Now, boys, we don't need to measure towers now.
3: <laughs> no. I
1: go and sit on the stump across from next <laughs> no. Those,
3: Those wizards that feel the need for organization of wizards who feel that need for a wizard's tower are putting on a show.
1: Oh, like the Golden Crane And uh, the Rainbow Wizards
3: Yes, that is who I was Inferring to
1: hmm.
3: It was a waste of time and effort To build such constructs
1: Does look cool though
3: <laughs> Just kind of like Kicking at the ground <laughs> like, wish you had a wizard tower That's all I'm saying
1: <laughs> Never been in one
3: Tell you what, when we're done here We'll go find a wizard's tower The best one we can find
1: I'm excited, this is great I've learned so many things today. Had candy. I got off that boat. Everything's looking up.
2: Are there any uh, birds or anything else in the forest nearby? Um, we'll say
0: there's like seagulls near the coast. you will haven't ventured too far from the beach yet, but really the only things you notice are just kind of seagulls kind of flying around the, co- like around the beach and swooping down fishing.
2: OK. And none of them seem disturbed or anything else like that by our presence? No. I'm just trying to, and so the okay. I'm just trying to get a sense if there's anybody else in the woods near us or. Gotcha,
0: it is also not very woody. It's a very rocky, jagged beach. Uh, okay. And as you look towards the mountains, there's like, it's pretty rocky. It's there's not a whole lot of greenery. Okay. It's very barren and desolate. So y'all settle in for the night after some conversations of finally getting to know each other and you get some sleep, you do a long rest, you get back your blessing of the Raven Queen, Siv. Anything that uh, requires a long rest, you get back. And the next morning, you have a little bit of rations, and then you start moving forward into the mountains. I just do a little note in my notebook. Raven Queen did not contact me last night. We'll say that Nirani kind of takes the lead and kind of leads you through these mountains because she has a little bit more wilderness training. And Ziv, we'll say you're taking up the end, like the back end. And for that sake, Ziv, you're seeing, you know, these two in their adventuring gear for the first time in really good detail since there's not a storm going on. Nirani and Ixtolu, could you describe your characters for me?
2: Um, So uh, Nirani has, she's pale of skin with red hair, which you know already. And she's dressed in less robes and more um, leather armor, which seems to have various symbols on it, which are symbols of the Wardens of Lethansis, who are in, I'm saying, guardians of the the border, who patrol the border and make sure that dirty, stinking, rotten humans don't show up. And she does not carry a weapon. She carries nothing in her hands. She has a pack, a small like pack slash sack tossed over her shoulder. And she kind of moves purposefully through the woods. Occasionally you hear her mumbling to herself under her breath as if she's talking to someone.
3: Yeah, so pretty plain looking. Um, He's about five foot 10, long black hair, not really kept well. He has kind of coal colored robes used to be black, but has become faded over time. Has kind of patches over it, kind of haphazardly sewn onto it. He has a dark leather skin backpack that is just kind of has all sorts of little jars and uh, trinkets kind of tied along the, the back of it. And he walks with a, like a pine um, quarterstaff. So it's not like a crafted quarterstaff, it's kind of blindy and bendy like a typical you kind of you know wizard staff but it's it looks a little more durable than a typical standard walking stick that's about it all right he's not pale skin he has like you know the the tan skin like he's travels quite a bit
1: i'll give a description for ziv since it's probably been a bit okay it's been a few minutes since this guy's had one so ziv is five foot eight he's got bright blue eyes his skin is like snow white pale And he has just stark white hair and he has uh, some basic like leather armors and stuff on. He has a large, really elegant elven blade that is almost the size of a greatsword. And it has that beautiful curvature to it, but it looks like it's a lot lighter. And he has a lot of like trinkets and knickknacks. He has a couple like that hang off his backpack and he has like one on his belt and uh, He also has, I think, like just, you know, a crossbow on his back. And he just, every time he's walking along, he usually has like his thumbs underneath the backpack straps and he's just smiling, going along. Maybe sometimes singing a little tune that he heard somewhere.
0: Well, climbing through these jagged, rocky mountains takes time. Days, even. The Necro Mountain you can see in the distance as you make your way up in elevation through this range. And for this leg of your adventure, we will be doing a skill challenge to express the difficulty of making your way to the Necro Mountain. Each leg of the journey will represent two days of travel on foot. Your skill checks can be focused towards an elongated activity through the days, or you can kind of narrate around a specific hiking obstacle that might only take a short time of the day. This is y'all's time to create the scenes of this trek. And as DMs, I trust y'all can do this. I came here to play, not GM. (laughs) Yeah, right. Just getting forced back on our lap. (laughs) The penalty for failures will be as follows. If only one of you fails in the round, a minor mishap will occur to someone random. If two of you fail, a major mishap will occur to someone random. If all three of you fail... You will need to repeat the last two days along with a major mishap happening to someone random. If a mishap requires a loss of HP, you cannot recover that HP through short or long rest during the skill challenge due to the strenuous conditions of the journey. You will not be able to recover that HP until the skill challenge is over. Any questions? I'll go with the first one for one's alright with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fine. Start us off. Oh wait, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set up the scene and we're also going to roll okay. initiatives. Oh, we, okay. we roll initiatives oh. for skill challenges and for orbs. Back in my day.
3: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I curse you.
0: For this leg of the journey, the DC will be 13. The slopes near the coast of the Esland Mountains are very rocky and dangerous, but patches of greenery rest in flat areas, sporadically up the incline towards the peak of each mountain. You will need to use your skills to navigate and survive for this leg of the journey. Give me initiatives. Ziv, you are up first for the skill challenge. So I think uh, the first thing that we
1: come across is that classic situation where we are at a very, very high up cliff with a strong wind coming from the ocean, and there's a rickety bridge that's going across, and you can clearly see that one side of the rope is really frayed and the other side seems okay in quotation marks. <laughs> so just look at this, and I'm going, "Ooh, this is frightening." Okay, this should be all right. You can do this, Civ. Don't embarrass yourself in front of your new friends. <laughs> I'm gonna do an athletics to get across.
0: All right. So give me an athletics check. DC's 13 again. Uh, 23. 23 is a success. With that success, uh, you want to narrate getting across the bridge with that athletics check.
1: So he starts going across, and one of the boards, pretty early in, like his foot just goes right through it, and this scares him, and he just runs across the rest of it. The board <laughs> is taking it really easy.
3: <laughs> All right. Up next is Exdolu. All right. So, yeah, we've been trekking up steep, going across ravines with rickety bridges, and then we get into some thicker brush and into a very dense forest with a little bit of the nature knowledge that he has acquired over time he's going to take a look at kind of how the trees are laying and kind of where the moss is growing kind of not so much survival as kind of using that intellectual side of it and going based on what i know on this this item grows here is that possible or would that still be survival what skill would you like to use for that i'm using nature
0: are you proficient in nature
3: no i'm not it's got to be something oh, proficient, straight, in. Per- proficient in. Well, I really don't have much that I'm proficient in to do that. Outside of just doing a straight-up intelligence check.
0: Okay, I will allow a straight-up intelligence <laughs> check. 18. 18 is a success. So, you want to tell us what you see in the forest?
3: Yeah, so, based on my just pure intellect, I take a look at the trees and the little bit of grass that is around and kind of the animals we encounter... And the way the wind is coming in, I pull out some paper, I do some mathematical equations um, based on where we have been, and I draw a very crude map. That isn't so much of a map as it is a combination of triangles and circles, and I manage to wind us through in very straight and octagonal direction. It's a lot of zigzagging through this forest. All right,
0: awesome. Uh, So you are guiding everyone along as you may have lost your way a little bit. Nirani?
2: Okay, we come out of the forest after a long trek through the brush, and we come upon another one of those ravines, but the bridge has fallen. We still have the posts on either side that once held up the rope bridge, but it is no longer there. And the ravine itself is not terribly wide, but it's not something we could easily jump across. So what I would like to do is to wild shape into a mountain lion and take a running jump at it, holding a rope in my mouth and leap across the chasm.
0: Okay. What skill will you be using?
2: Do I have to use it? The wild shape doesn't count as a ability or?
0: Hmm. I guess I'll take a spell check, a spell attack. Give me a spell attack with that one.
2: Oh, I crit failed.
0: (laughs) All right. That will be a failure. (laughs) Much
3: like YouTube cats, she jumps. I picture, it like, I picture it like a Looney Tunes where you get halfway across, and all of a sudden you also look down and you just <laughs> realize you're not going to make it.
0: But as you take a running leap, we'll say that Ziv and Exodolu are holding on to the rope on the other side, so they were going to you know, tie it up. And you take the leap, but the rope was too short slack-wise, and it just catches you mid-jump. <laughs> and you just fall down the ravine holding on to the rope with your teeth. <laughs> and then uh, they panic and help pull you back up, and you climb helping them. But you did fail. You find another route around the ravine as you you didn't know exactly what to do, and that will be the end of this leg of the journey. And you had one failure, so a minor mishap occurs, and the minor mishap happens to Xdolu, and the mishap will be one d8 damage. <clears throat> Which will be five damage, Xdolu. Oh, motherfucker. Explain to us what happened to cause that five damage.
3: Thinking he was being really smart during the um, travel through the woods and doing his mathematical equations. He got a little cocky and climbed up a tree. And um, he got about a quarter of the way up. And one of the branches just snapped. And so he kind of did one of those classic hitting
0: like every branch on <laughs> the way down. All right. Very cool. So we move on to round two of the skill challenge. For this leg of the journey, the DC will be 14. You are deep in the Eslin mountain range now, and it is very barren, and there's not a lot of wildlife. The altitude has increased heavily, and looking north, you can actually see the ocean and the coast in the distance that you came here from. And as the three of you take a moment to admire the view, a crack of lightning streaks across the sky. A second wave of that fierce storm is rolling in. Give me initiatives. Ziv, you're up first again. So our path
1: that we're walking along, it starts to get really washed out. There's nothing here to really absorb this water. It is all just coming down the mountain at us. So it's starting to turn into almost a a miniature landslide. So we have to get through this area basically as fast as we can. But at the same time, it is uh, like damn near knocking us off our feet. So I'm going to do an investigation check because I don't think we've done that yet.
0: I don't think you have.
1: No. And try to find just like the the quickest path to get around this
0: uh, quite deadly situation. Oh, thank God. 24. 24 is a success. What do you find, Ziv?
1: Uh, there's a little bit of a path that seems to be somewhat protected by uh, a few cliffs are rising, and then this one just goes a little bit above it. So it's almost like there's a little two like ditches along the side of it. So it's making a lot of the water run off. So it gives us a little bit of a, a safer route.
0: Awesome. Nurani, you're up next.
2: Okay. The rain is coming down even harder now, and more of the ground has started to get washed away and the rain and the wind it's almost blinding so we start to lose our way unsure of where we are in relation to anything us around us i am going to use a survival check to try to track to find the uh trail and the path again
0: very cool all right dc's 14
2: 14 exactly
0: defender wins and you're the defender in skill challenges so that is a success Um, What do you find in your survival check?
2: So following along that cliff that we've been sort of following, there is an animal trail that has not gotten washed away that is leading us through the brush and forward across the plain, and we follow that towards our uh, destination.
0: Awesome. Love it. Exodola, you are up next.
3: Um, I'm going to pull out some flaming sphere. We have up to a one-minute duration of it. So as it is flooding, I'm going to help keep us relatively dry with the heat of it while also pushing away. Actually, that's probably the biggest thing at this point. We've managed to navigate the waters, but we're getting beat up with the rain, and I'm afraid of hypothermia.
0: It is very cold.
3: Yeah, so I will actually use, yeah, the flaming sphere and keeping it, again, a good distance away, but still providing enough warmth to... Stay warm and keep some of the chill off.
0: Awesome. Give me a spell attack. Let's see that plus five intelligence in action. Yeah, well, it's a plus eight spell attack, so.
3: Oh, son of a bitch!
0: 13. 13 <laughs> is one less than it needs to be.
3: Uh, I know. <laughs> Mother effort.
0: So we'll say that uh, you are using this flaming sphere to kind of keep it close to you. But Ziv, being careless like he is, kind of gets a <laughs> little too close, and uh, you kind of jolt it forward. And in order to try and save yourself, you uh, or save him and this predicament that he that you put us put everybody in, you just you lose concentration on the spell, and the flaming sphere dissipates. And this is exactly what I was thinking. And with one failure, uh, we have one minor mishap occur. This one will happen to Ziv. Hmm. Oh, one level of exhaustion. Ziv. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs>
1: that's a disadvantage on fun. ability
3: checks. Yep. <laughs> nope. Which includes oh, skills. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I have it right here in front of me. Yep. you got it too. Right?
0: Disadvantage on ability checks.
3: <laughs> yeah. You know, never really dealt <laughs>
0: with this much rain
1: and stuff before. Not having fun. <laughs> I'm so tired.
0: For this leg of the journey, the DC will be 15. The storm ends as you reach the base of the Necrol Mountain, the tallest mountain in the Esla Mountains. You are already feeling the thin cold air here at the base, but looking up the slope of the mountain, you see white snow halfway up. It is also a very steep climb. It is going to require scaling a flat cliffside sometimes, but you can tell the journey will often require you to use your hands for the climb as well. Give me initiatives. All right, Exdolu, you are up first.
3: Yeah, so as we go up, I'm going to use Firebolt um, to create foot and handholds as we scale. All right, interesting. Give me a spell effect. Yeah, sorry, I didn't have much more of a descriptor at this point. You kind of described it pretty well.
2: <laughs> Mother! <laughs>
0: I rolled a three. Come on, Exdolu. All right, so it's climbing up this very steep incline. You are trying to use fire bolts, like as you're putting your hand down in the snow, and you basically just cause an avalanche, like a mini avalanche, for yourself, and you just slide <laughs> down like a hundred feet of the of the mountain. I'm not gonna make Ziv and Ronnie do dexterity checks to <laughs> save themselves because we're just in a skill challenge. But you can basically pretend <laughs> or. Imagine all three of you just falling down. This like a lot of progress you just made. That's okay.
1: It happens. As I'm just like shaking and shivering
0: in all the <laughs> snow. Up next
1: is Ziv. So we're all getting really chilled by this snow and uh, shaking quite a bit. I don't think any of us really planned for these kind of conditions, especially after we just came out of a really damp situation. And so I'm going to use uh, press digitation to just keep warming up people's
0: clothes. All right, give me a spell attack. Does this one get disadvantage? I think ability. No.
3: Yes. It's not a, It's not an attack. Blue Blue not, it's not a, a ability check.
0: Okay. So yeah. Exhaustion three is attack rolls. So.
1: All right. I
0: got a seventeen. Seventeen is a success. <laughs> So describe this prestidigitation you're doing all the time for everyone.
1: So every so often when we're going, he's just doing like finger guns and stuff at his two companions and sometimes like self-high-fiving himself so that uh, he just like heats up clothing or like heats up our boots and stuff like that. (laughs) Every so often you'll hear like and then suddenly your feet are really warm. (laughs) Love it.
2: It's amazing how he can do that while climbing a sheer, like, rock face.
1: Oh, yeah. Once, like, you know, Extolu sometimes will make too big of a handhold, and I can kind of, like, almost sit in it,
3: and then I'll just do something. <laughs> it's the power of positivity
0: and innocence. This is true. All right. Last up is Neroni.
2: Okay. Have we used nature yet? No. Yes. I think Extolu. no. Oh, no. And you I didn't tried. have it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't proficient
0: yep. in it, so no. Oh, okay. He did not use it.
2: Okay. So then, um, can I use a nature check to uh if we let's say found to found a place that was impassable find a use nature somehow to navigate through a crevice or insight to navigate through i I would
0: say you could use nature for any kind of like survival style navigation okay finding the patterns of you know how the rocks eroded and such yeah (laughs) something like that
2: uh 12.
0: 12 is a failure oh no
2: yeah, we're not, not going to use that guy anymore.
0: <laughs> so with that failure, you basically lead everyone into, like, a cave, hoping that it'll, like, exit out somewhere. But then you realize, uh-oh, this is a bad dead end. I can't get, we can't get out. And you take quite a bit of time trying to find your way out. You lost quite a few hours of the day. And with the end of that, we have had two two failures this round, which means one major mishap happens to oh, wow. a random person. And it's going to happen to Ziv. Oh, no.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Two. Oh, shit. Mm. Broken forearm on your non-dominant
2: oh. side.
1: Good thing he only uses is a two-handed weapon. <laughs> uh, all right.
2: You know, the worst part about all this is the fact that I'm a, I'm a druid, <laughs> for Christ's sake.
1: <laughs> I think what happens is, uh, while we're going on this trek through the mountains, Uh, Xdolu keeps making these handholds that are way too big and uh, Narani keeps taking us uh, to these like really remote weird (laughs) areas like this is a great shortcut i'm like all right let's go (laughs) and ziv keeps slipping and sliding and falling and eventually one time he was trying to climb up this cliff and he tried to do that thing that only really experienced uh, people should try where you kind of go underneath like a Uh, a cliff and you're like kind of climbing damn near uh, like dangling off it and he slipped and fell and his forearm landed on a block of ice and you'll just hear this crack
0: oof that's gonna be a fun (laughs) one to produce right there I have the sound effects if you need them gonna have to bring back that Doroth broken leg thing
2: yeah, that, oh god, that sound was so gross
0: Just break a lot of vegetables I was say vegetables, celery, I, carrots I think mm-hmm. that's what I actually did for Dora's Broken Leg
1: Celery is great for like slow breaks and then carrots is like the, the quick The break. snaps, the sharp Yeah.
0: Alright, that is the end of the skill challenge As you get closer to the peak, you come across a smooth ledge in your climb. Exhausted, you each climb over the ledge and roll over on your backs, looking up at the sky, taking deep breaths. You then look forward across the ledge, and embedded in the side of this mountain are a set of double doors that are 30 feet tall. The frigid air and powdered snow keep you focused. As you approach the door, you can feel a layer of ice under the snow cracking at the weight of your bodies with every step. Around you is a flat area leading to a door. This flat area seems to be man-made and stretches 50 feet from you in both directions. From ledge to the door is roughly 100 feet. It was carved into the side of this mountain like an ancient hidden temple. The ice is cracking under our feet underneath the snow? It's cracking like, uh, not like there's water underneath.
1: Oh, it's just like crunching? Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay.
0: I was like, oh, okay, we have to run now, so... (laughs) I'm trying to learn more about winter, but I don't experience it. So, yeah,
3: yeah, w- yeah. When you when you say cracking,
0: I think all of us were like, "That's bad." Wait, what? What's, no, that's,
3: that's, cr- that's a yeah. bad sound, crunching is just is, like, d- yeah, yeah. <laughs> big difference, Dave.
1: Yeah, one's life threatening; <laughs> one's just like,
3: oh. One is the sound you could put on while you sleep.
0: That's calming to you? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, walking around in winter is so relaxing. Yes. I'd be so creeped out like somebody was walking up on me while I was sleeping.
1: (laughs) If anything, it... Yeah, I guess while you're laying
3: down. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but, like, it can't be peaceful if you're, like, out in the woods or something by yourself, just crunching through the snow. Yeah, yeah it I, becomes becomes like I'm, I imagine
3: I am the one making the crunching sound. Okay. Of course, you would have it where somebody's crunching up on you. Mm. That's because winter scares you, Dave. <laughs> but yeah, if right, y'all...
0: Rightfully so. All right, anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, if in character you would like to discuss your approach to the doors, this would be a moment to do it. How big is this area again? Uh, it stretches in fifty feet in both directions, from left to right, and you're. Walk- it's about a 100- hundred. The door's about a hundred feet away. Okay, so we have my arm in like a sling now. I imagine, eh? Ah, uh, probably. You've probably slinged it up somehow.
2: Um, sorry. First, I-, I just wanted to say, I'm very sorry about the whole getting us lost thing. That it doesn't usually happen to me. I'm, I'm very sorry.
1: Oh, that's okay. You know, these things happen.
2: <laughs> but they don't happen to me. You understand? So it's it's a bit embarrassing and i'm very very sorry about your arm Hmm. i'm afraid i don't know what i can do dave would a cure wounds spell set his harm or no it would not i um, believe
0: that it would require a restoration spell lesser restoration i think lesser restoration's just a condition i think it's like a full-on restoration oh god well <laughs> how is it i think so I think we've had this conversation a lot because Asher always wants yeah. to mend bones.
3: I was, I was actually thinking about that when we were talking. I'm like, ah, mend it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a disease or condition afflicting it. Okay.
2: So I'm just going to, uh, before we go any further, I'm going to cast Goodberry and create some berries and distribute them to everybody. Okay. Um, it's it's not fixing your arm, but perhaps this will. Make you feel just a little better.
1: I appreciate it. This has been a uh, an experience. Yes. Is this how adventuring normally goes?
2: No, no, not for me. Usually, I fare much better than this.
3: Hmm. This is pretty standard. I see why a lot of people retire.
2: You're such a.
3: Surprising, of us died.
2: Why are you always so negative?
3: <laughs> it's not negative. It's reality. It's the
0: truth. Why should I sugarcoat it? I I I like
3: things sugarcoated.
2: Yes, you don't want to to upset the boy.
0: Ziv pulls out another piece of candy and wraps it and starts to (laughs) eat it. With one hand, he like drops
1: into the snow. His head just like looks down. (laughs) I'm so tired. Yes, let's, let's...
3: Let's open up a door. Or let's find a place that may be out of the elements. If there is something on the outside, perhaps. Probably not, but worth a look before we... Enter into a place that will most likely cause one of our deaths.
2: Are the um, doors flush with the wall, or is there like a? Uh,
0: the doors any are any place we could shelter. The doors are built into the mountain. Uh, we'll say there is like a little bit of an overhang, but it's not like it's not like very cave-like. Okay. Where you can get inside and be sheltered from the elements. How tall are these doors? Thirty feet tall. How wide? Uh, we'll say like thirty feet wide as well. They're not square. They have like an arch to them over the whole double door. Ziv's looking at these doors. Who needs 30 foot tall doors? It seems excessive.
3: Giants. What? Giants.
1: Is giants like common in Aces or?
0: Uh, no. They're, they're fairy tales. Giants. Exolu. Giants.
2: Uh, um, perhaps we should shelter inside. I think that would be best.
1: Well, I guess we're going to have to figure out how to open up a 30-foot tall door.
2: I would guess the handle, but, you know.
3: It's going to be heavy. Is there a handle, or could you
0: perception or investigation to... So as you approach the doors, from edge to edge, there is a passage that's etched in the stonework. The passage is very tall, very big letters. It's not small, like on a plaque or anything. It's like on the entirety of the doors. And it says...
3: Protectors of Asus have barricaded the entries to the other realms. After the war with Dwarla, entering will light the beacon of the open passage to Rixolis. Be warned of your intention. All actions have a reaction. Despite our warning to open the doors, you must speak in one of the ancient tongues, Veil vale of Darkness. Hmm. Anyone speak
1: Veil of Darkness?
2: No, but I do speak Elvish. That is an ancient tongue. Perhaps I could try. And I will try to say Veil of Darkness in Elvish. There is no reaction from the door. Well, that is very insulting.
0: Uh,
1: I go up to the door. I have one hand out. I'm just kind of like touching it. And I'm reading over these words. And I, I'll just
0: say it in Sylvan Veil of Darkness. As you speak Sylvan, the words veil of darkness, the stone doors crack with an echoing boom. You assume that for millennia these doors have not been opened, and you can feel the cold air around you sucked inside to this vacuum's chamber.
2: Well, that is very unfair. I know Sylvan too. (laughs) honestly.
0: There are two ancient tongues in Asus, and Sylvan is one of them. I won't tell you the other one, though.
2: Yes, yes. Well done. Very, very good.
0: So y'all entering the, entering the doors? Yeah. Yeah. Start walking on in. As you enter this first chamber, torches light up the room magically. The ceilings are 50 feet high, Across the room, you see another set of 30-foot double doors. Above the doors on the wall, another passage is etched in the stonework. But before you take the time to read this passage, on the left and right side of this room, on each side there are two 40-foot tall stone statues, and they stand looking to the center of the room. The four statues represent four different men. They each have their own set of decorated armor, facial features, and weapons. For the listener's sake, they look almost Nordic. In the armor of their chests though, they each have a different symbol etched in the stone. You then look to the passage. It is again in that rough dialect of common, and you read.
2: These ancient warriors of Asus await their call. The war with Thrallar taught us that our elite must be preserved when Asus needs them most. With life stalled in their sleep, the lords of earth, water, thunder, and fire patiently wait for the need of their resurrection, when Asis sees doom on the horizon. Here sleeps the Taran Lord, Kuranok, bringer of quakes. Here sleeps the Aquan Lord, Anurakan, bringer of floods. Here sleeps the Aran Lord, Hakar, bringer of storms. And here sleeps the Ignan Lord, Mestic, bringer of flames.
1: Well, that's interesting. Four warriors. Explains the size of the doors. How? Oh well they're they're pretty big statues. And uh looks like they've been maybe made into statues. I'm not sure. They're preserved.
2: I see, so you believe these are the in fact the heroes themselves.
1: Yeah, I wonder if they have four at each of these labyrinths.
2: I would not know. Um
3: Do you say there was a symbol in each one of these?
0: There is. Uh it's a You can give me an arcana check if you'd like. Yeah. 26. These are not symbols that represent any kind of arcane spell or enchantment or anything like that. But despite in ACES, the elements being life, death, creation, and destruction, natural elements are still recognized specifically and mostly by the elves. And the four very typical elements of nature are each of these symbols.
2: So would I recognize them being, well, we're all elves of a way, but I live in.
0: Um, If you'd like to take an arcana check to see if you recognize it, I'll allow it.
2: Yeah, okay, I'll try. Oh, natural 20.
0: I will say that you recognize it as well.
2: Do the names mean anything to me?
0: The names of these heroes do not mean anything to you now. Okay. Okay, so they're all pointing at the center of
1: the room. We got quakes, floods, storms, and flames. Uh should we like put some water down, a torch, uh, start hitting some uh, some rocks to make sparks and just stomp about?
2: There's also a passage leading out of the room, correct? Or is it just the room?
0: Uh this passage that you read was on the far wall above the door. No, no, I
2: know, but there's there's no other oh. way in or out of the room, right? No, it's, it's just, just the just doors that room. came
0: in on the doors that were underneath the passage you read. Okay. Are the doors locked? They're closed. I won't say they're locked unless you want to investigate the doors. Yeah, I'll investigate the doors. All right. Before you even roll anything, as you approach the doors on the other side of the room, you get about 20 feet away, and the doors crack open, and you feel the air around you get sucked into the next chamber. Like the doors before, it seems that they just recognize someone approaching and opened. That's handy. Neat. Let's go, gang. (laughs)
2: Uh, Neat. He says, (laughs) very well.
0: Once the doors stop moving, this dark room in front of you finally lights up with a purple and dark blue glow. It shines upwards from the center of the room, lighting and reflecting off the polished stone walls, floor, and ceiling. As you take a peek further into the room, it's roughly about a hundred foot circle with a flat roof 50 feet high. And this glow appears to be coming from something in the center of the room. Hmm.
1: Now, I don't want to sound like Extolu here. This is seeming a little too easy. I feel like something's going to pop out and break my other arm.
2: Uh, well, hopefully that won't happen, but we should be cautious. Uh, Extolu, you go first.
0: Yeah, I'll go first. All right, are y'all following close behind him? Yeah. How dark is it in here? Uh, it's not it's dim throughout the whole place because of this purple and dark blue glow coming from the center of the room. So I can still get some some kind of detail. Yeah, um, there's definitely shadows on the edges of this 100-foot room. Uh, the glow. So you said it's coming
1: from something in the center of this uh, giant circle?
0: Yeah, it's uh, the, cir- the center of the circular room. It seems like the glow is coming upwards out of something in the center of the room. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll
3: march on. Like below the floor?
0: Uh, no, it seems like there's, it's coming out of, uh, something that's kind of built into the floor. So it has, it's a little okay. race, but you just can't really tell with the dim light and how far away it is. Okay. I'm going to
3: skirt along the edge of the room, kind of, instead of going directly towards the center, I'm going to kind of go in a long arc. Okay. To kind of also get in what's along the edge of the room beyond where we entered.
0: Uh, slow pace, normal pace. Slow pace. Okay. Is there like little rocks or something on the ground at all? There's not. It's very polished and clean in here. Hmm. Almost like it hasn't been touched for millennia. I'll take one of my candies and just
1: kind of like skip it across the room towards the glowy thing. <laughs> all <laughs> right.
0: Uh, it's a, I was trying to be quiet. It's like a 50. 50- <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to roll stealth. <laughs> I'm trying to see if there's traps. It's like a 50 foot throw. I'll take a uh, dexterity check on that. All right, disadvantage. All right, with disadvantage, I got 14. All right, you skip a candy across the stone and it kind of echoes through the chamber. And uh, yep, should have been a little stealthy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, mm, mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm. Across the room in the shadows, a pair of glowing blue eyes open and you feel an immediate sense of danger. And before I even give you a description, give me initiatives. I'm hearing the music, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Across the room, out of the shadows, a 30-foot tall emaciated frost giant rushes forward screaming in a low guttural rage. Up first is Narani.
2: I'm going to reach out and I'm going to touch Ziv on the arm and I'm going to cast guidance alright if you're unfamiliar with guidance it means that um, you could roll uh, 1d4 and add the number rolled to an ability check next round
0: okay right thank you um, and is that your full action Nirani so he's 80 feet away from you if you're still at the door Narani. is there any movement you would like to do or anything
2: no I think I'm still far enough away okay. right now I'm, I'm ready for him
0: okay and, Ziv, we'll say you, like, started to follow Xdolu to the right and you're about 10 feet from the door, still near the wall, but it is your turn, so what would you like to do with the giant 80 feet away from you?
1: Oh, my goodness! Xdolu! look! It's a giant! I told you! <laughs> I didn't know! <laughs> I thought you were joking! <laughs> and I cast a Chromatic Orb at this creature and I used fire.
0: Okay. Uh, give me the spell attack.
1: Uh, that is, I'm going to add that d4. Oh, thank God. Uh, that is an 18. 18 is a hit. I did 14 points of fire damage.
0: 14 points of fire.
1: Just hold out my good hand. This little ball of flame
0: just appears and I hurl it. All right. And after Ziv does a successful chromatic orb attack, Xdolu, it is your turn. Besides the giant, has anybody else moved? Uh, no. And we'll say you made it about thirty feet before Ziv ruined your stealth mission.
3: <laughs> I was literally had the dice in my hand about to say, go to roll stealth.
0: I <laughs> I know, but I was like, what would Ziv do? And he'd be like,
3: I'm gonna check for traps. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, I am going to move yeah, I'm gonna try to get another angle on it, so I wanna move continue to move fifteen feet. In the direction we were heading. Okay. We'll say that gets you about 50 feet from him. Okay. And then I will cast. I'm gonna keep it simple for the moment. Cast firebolt.
0: Alright, give me the attack. 13. 13 is a miss. Yeah. Jesus. The firebolt flies too high. You're trying to miss or you're trying to calculate for the shadows and how tall you think this giant might be, and you just shoot right over his head. And then the giant rushes forward. Dashing because he does not have the movement to get to anybody, but he does run at you, Exdolu, and uh, he basically slams into the wall with you kind of taking a dive because he can't technically attack. You feel kind of the entire mountain shake as he hits the hits the wall. All right, all right, Let's see how it is. And after the giant dash towards you, Exdolu, it'll now be Nurani's turn.
2: I am going to cast Earth, trem- Earth Tremor Beneath the Giant's Feet.
0: Okay, uh, don't know what that spell does, so I might need you to explain.
2: Earth Tremor is you cause uh, a tremor in the ground within range. Each creature other than you in that area must make a Dexterity Savings Throw. Um, oh, actually, wait, he may be out of range for that. I may not be able to do it. Uh, no, it's only 10 feet, so I can't actually get to him and do that.
0: Uh, if you wanted to move forward you could probably. It's a ten foot range or a ten foot area.
2: Ten foot range. Hmm. Yeah.
3: Hmm. This
1: seems an awfully short range.
2: Yeah, it says range area ten feet, so.
1: I guess it's kinda like Thunder
0: Wave, like just kinda Oh. oh.
2: Yeah, it's around yeah, you. I mean, if
0: we don't have a battle map or anything. Uh it's just kind of I'm not used to this. We haven't done this since whenever I started using battle maps in like episode thirteen or some shit. <laughs> we can go with that if you want to use your full movement to get close enough?
2: Um, yeah, I'll do that. If I can get close enough, then I'll do that. Okay.
0: So, yeah, you sprint forward and get ready to cast Earth Trimmer. And this is 10 feet around you?
2: Yeah, 10 feet around me. So each creature in this, I guess, would include uh Extolu, would have to make a Dexterity Savings Throw.
0: I think I told Xdolu or I think I said that Xdolu dodged the giant to the right. So it would be actually be the giant is in between you and Xdolu. So we'll say that okay, you, uh, you aren't going to affect Xdolu here. So it's a dexterity saving throw for the giant.
2: Dexterity save, yeah. And if he fails, then he takes damage and is knocked prone.
0: I got a five on his dexterity check. He takes damage and falls prone,
2: you said? Correct, he takes four points of damage. Four points.
0: And he falls to the ground. And we'll say, Xdolu, whenever you out of the way, you were prone. And then you just feel the earth tremble again after he hits the wall. Mm-hmm. And then he falls to the ground with you. <laughs> awesome. And after Nirani, we are on to Ziv.
1: Okay. So what I'm going to do. So I have Action Surge, which lets me take one additional action. What I'm first going to do is uh, just hurl another chromatic orb at this frost giant. And then uh, I'm gonna move up and start using uh, the help action to try to like distract the giant to make it try to like come towards me instead of hitting the other two. Okay. And that help action will give advantage to the next creature. Okay. To like distract the creature to try to give the next person advantage Advantage. when they're trying to hit this. Okay. Yeah. Cool.
0: So first I'll throw that chromatic orb.
1: Oh no. Uh, 14.
0: 14 is a miss. And you also have disadvantage on that because he's prone. I have disadvantage to hit him? Yeah, because he's prone. Ranged against disadvantage, oh. or ranged against prone targets. So I have disadvantage.
1: Okay, so I hurl this orb and it goes wide. <laughs> uh, because oh, I would have gotten a 12. And so this orb goes wide and I just start screaming, hey, you weird fairy tale thing. I, I'm going to kick your ass. Get over here. <laughs> and just start waving my sword awkwardly with one hand because it's meant for two. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so Xdolu, you notice that the giant has turned his focus towards Ziv on the opposite side of uh, you. So, like, in between you and Ziv is the frost giant, and he's turned his head okay. towards Ziv. We're both still prone, though, right? You are still prone, and I think it's a free action to stand up, so. All right,
3: I, uh, I'm going to... I think it's half a movement, isn't it?
0: I think Yeah, half your movement. I think it's actually a completely free action. I don't know. Really? It doesn't matter.
3: Tim- I, I'm not moving either way. Okay. I'm just going to stand up and I'm going to basically slap my hands together and then raise them above my head and an explosion of fire is going to surround me as I am sculpting the fireball around myself, mm. but to but to engulf the giant.
0: So are you doing the spell fireball?
3: Yeah, I was just adding a little bit of flair to it. Okay. And I'm also using, because I'm in the center of it, I could potentially hit myself, but I'm using um, my sculpt spell feature to basically have it go around me. Interesting. Is that a evocation school of magic thing? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. That's dope. Because, yeah, because technically I can, it has a 20-foot... A radius to it, uh-huh. so if I cast it within 20 feet of myself, I can potentially hit myself in theory. Yeah, they made it a lot
0: better
1: for
3: evocation.
0: But instead, you're just kind of surrounding yourself in it like a donut, basically. Yep. Like a... Pretty much. Okay, like a bagel. Yeah. Yep. A bagel. A bagel. A bagel. A bagel. <laughs> is how it's pronounced. Okay. <laughs> Alright, so he will take a dexterity check, I believe, with Fireball. A dexterity save. Yep. And he, because he's prone, I'm gonna say he has disadvantage. Yep. 16. He got a 1. Not a crit miss, but a 1. Oh, sweet. He has a negative 1 to dexterity, so. And damage. That is 48. 48 Oof. fire oh. damage. Nice. <laughs> 48
3: fire damage.
0: Like, kind of sucks the oxygen out of the room for a second. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... As you begin to soak in this arcane energy that you're kind of pulling from the area around you, the frost giant looks over to you, seeing this glowing flame emitting from behind him, and then you just release the flames and it engulfs him while he's prone, and he tries to roll quickly out of the way, but he just gives up and just tries to just hunker down. His back is just like charred. And after Exodolu, the giant stands up in a fury, very pissed at you, Exodolu, <laughs> and attacks with his great axe. Does a twenty-three hit? Nope. No. I'm joking. No. It
3: hits me <laughs> I was gonna a. say, whoa. Are you kidding me? I'm a fucking wizard. Of course it hits me. What about a
0: nineteen?
3: Yeah, that hits me too. Oof. Is there like a, a category size difference here where I actually get like a bonus? because I'm like two size categories smaller.
0: I've actually never thought Number about three, that with 5e. Yeah,
3: I know that was a 3. thing in 3.5. Oh 5. yeah, that
0: was gonna be a plus four to your AC.
3: Yeah, so I don't know if that gave you like an advantage or disadvantage in this one. Because
0: I don't know and I don't care to look it up, I'll say you get plus four to your AC. Um, <laughs> does 19 okay. still hit? Nope. 19 does not hit then, okay.
3: Well, cause Defender repeats,
0: so. Yeah, so Defender wins in four warps. Uh, so yep. that will be then uh, 22 slashing damage. <laughs> Right. Oof. Oh, and remember, spellcasters, life force is not a thing right now in Asus in this timeline. Mm-hmm. Hooray! <laughs> I know Diana so really wants was- to test out the <laughs> life force, but... I yeah. really do. It's not this time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, he brings down his great axe and just swings wildly in a rage. Uh, the first one hits you because it takes you, like, you... You get thrown off guard by it, but the second swing you easily jump back on. Mm-hmm. With that first hit... You mostly dodged it because he knocked you to the ground and he just missed the second time because he thought you were still going to be standing. And after that, we are back at the top of the order with Nurani.
2: Okay, so with my own cry of rage, I'm going to uh, shift into bear form. Nice. And charge at the giant.
0: Cool. Uh, We'll say you're definitely in range to make some claw attacks if you'd like.
2: I would. Let me grab my book, so, cause I, I...
0: I don't know anything about how druids work, so.
1: <laughs> it was my favorite uh, class in 3.5. I haven't touched it in 5e.
3: They're, they're still pretty cool.
2: Okay, so I would, in theory, get multi-attack because I'm the bear. So one with the bite and one with the claws. Okay. First one is a 19.
0: 19 is a hit.
2: And then the second one is a 12.
0: 12 is a miss.
2: I bite him ah, for 10 points of damage.
0: That's piercing damage, right?
2: Uh, yes, it is.
0: All right, so you change into a brown bear, probably. Yeah, brown bear. All right, so you morph into this brown bear and charge across the room, and you basically like bump into his like calf as he's facing Exodolu, and kind of make him stumble, and then you take a claw swipe at him that misses, and then bite into his calf, and he basically like bends his back backwards and wails and starts to swing his great axe around like he's going to attack you next. But it is not his turn, so it don't matter. And then after, Nirani, we're on to
1: Ziv. So when Ziv sees the bear appear once more, he's hit with so many frightening memories.
0: His hands are
1: shaking. He, he uh, starts to take a step back, and he bumps his potion belt and looks down and goes, A potion of lesser restoration? Oh my goodness. I forgot all about this. And uh, it, he pops that. And I think it's a bonus action to drink your potion, right?
0: It's a free action, but what are you hoping happens with this?
1: That's for my level of exhaustion. Oh, okay. My arm's still going to be messed up, but this will at least take away some of my disadvantages. Yes, yes. (laughs) So he chugs it down. He's like, oh, cherry flavor. (laughs) just throws it down into the ground. (laughs) (laughs) And holding on to his his sword awkwardly, uh, he's going to go and try to intercept the... uh, the giant great axe coming the way to try to give the giant disadvantage
0: all right so with the exhaustion removed from you you rush forward and this is to attack
1: with i'm just trying to give the giant disadvantage right okay now, uh, okay when they're attacking Nirani.
0: oh by doing the help action
1: yeah okay awesome because i am i am
0: one-armed with disadvantage on all attacks so. <laughs> all right so ziv comes and stands next to you to give you aid Nirani. And Exdolu, it is now your turn. The giant is flanked with you in melee range of him and the others in melee range with them.
3: I am going to cast Fireball again, and this time it will avoid everybody. So I will shoot it out directly in front of me, engulf the giant and anybody else within range. It will basically go around them like it is a an
0: invisible wall. That's awesome. I want to play a School of Evocation Wizard now. A lot of the wizards are super cool now. He got a 14 on his deck save. What's your spell save? 16. 16. Nice. All right. So, yeah, you do damage again.
3: Uh, That is another 48. All right. 48 <laughs> fire damage again. Yeah, and this time I'm pissed, so I'm pretty much just doing a punch into the air.
0: <laughs> All right. This giant is looking very, very bad now. As the flames erupt from your hands, your punch, Nirani and Ziv, you see the flames just kind of come around you and make this wall. And it doesn't seem to affect you at all, but of course you can feel the heat. And it seems almost more intense than any flame you've ever been around before. But as the flames dissipate and you see just this completely charred frost giant in front of you, and he Basically takes a knee, but as he comes up with an upswing at you, Narani. a 15 on the attack. Was that with disadvantage? Oh, it is with disadvantage, isn't it? Um, Still a 15. Okay.
2: Uh, 15 will hit.
0: 15 will hit. And for his multi-attack, he's going to swing again. And with disadvantage, we are at a 16 this time.
2: But that'll hit as well. So...
0: 32 slashing damage. Mm.
2: Okay. (laughs) I am looking pretty beat up.
0: And this is in your bear form, right?
2: Yeah, so it's 32 points against my bear form.
0: So, yeah, that's like a different HP pool or something, right?
2: Yep, different HP pool.
0: That's so, so ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. They're so awesome. That's really I mean,
2: you know... I do only have two hit points left in my bear form, so.
0: (laughs) And with Nirani's major wound from that attack, we come back to her at the top of the order.
2: Okay, well, I'm just, I'm even more enraged, and I'm just going to bite and claw at him again. All right. Uh, 24, that will hit, assume, and 15.
0: 24 hits, 15 does not.
2: So, again, the bite works, but the claw does not. (laughs) Hmm, Not great. Five points of damage.
0: All right. So, as you stand back up, you try to, like, rampage into his calf again and uh, basically claw with miss swipes, but then, again, connect with that lock-jawed bite of yours, and he tries to, like, shake you off, but with no success. And that's going to bring us down to Ziv. How tall is this giant? 30 feet tall. Sweet.
1: Uh, All right, I'm going to try something (laughs) fun, because that's what Dungeons & Dragons is all about here, folks. For my bonus action, I want to use Blessing of the Raven Queen to go up on the giant's shoulder, (laughs) and then I want to take my two attacks just right at this thing's face.
0: Okay, what kind of attacks are these?
1: Uh, with my weapon, which is <laughs> one hand on a two-handed <laughs> weapon, but, you know, if you're going in, you're going for gold. Uh, I
0: would say that's probably going to be disadvantage for the one two-handed weapon with one hand. Would we agree? Would I gain that?
1: advantage being right there, but disadvantage with the one hand?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're so you're saying you're uh, neutral. I cancel it out. Yeah, you're canceling yeah. it out. Okay, I'll go with it. Sure. <laughs> All sure. right. <laughs> Rula cool.
1: So Ziv is seeing all this happen, and he's like,
3: oh, wow,
0: this
1: is this is the stuff the heroes are made of. Huh? Okay, <laughs> got a dream. <laughs> and then he starts concentrating. He's like, Raven Queen, if you're out there, could really use this backup. And then he just, the air gets sucked in, this black energy just appears, and suddenly he's up on his shoulder going, whoa. <laughs> 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 he's gonna use all momentum to just swing this sword.
0: All right. Give me your attacks. Uh, 21 for the first. All right.
1: And 19 for the second. Both hit. All right. So he does 14 points of damage in total.
0: All right. <laughs> so we'll say that uh, you... you- teleport up to his shoulder and with your one hand on the blade, instead of slashing with it to keep balance, you jab it and stab it into his shoulder <laughs> uh, and with the second one, you stab it deep to hold on to and you're just up there on your feet holding on to it like it's a, <laughs> basically a joystick in his shoulder <laughs> <laughs> and after Ziv, we're on to X I'm a one trick pony right now <laughs> It's alright, that one
3: trick's right. doing real good <laughs> Well, I was debating changing it up, <laughs> but it's a frost giant, so
0: it makes sense. Yeah,
3: yeah. So, yeah. Last time, I'm just punching at the air again. Like, die, you motherfucker! Um, so, safe throw, sixteen. Roll it. Nine. Yep. Nine. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna give up the charade. Forty-eight points of damage.
0: All right. Yep. There's there's definitely a charade there. It's Solu, does max damage with all his spells. Ooh, wow. That is badass. So that brings the giant up to a total of 191 damage. And because that was with fire and drops into zero on his turn, he falls. Ziv, <laughs> you fall too. <laughs> if there's anything either of you can do, I will give you... A dexterity save to see if you make any kind of action to save Ziv from a 30 foot fall. I still have one spell left. Can I cast Feather Fall on myself? I'm going to ask for a dexterity save for yourself, too, then. Okay. For the reaction.
2: It, uh, nothing I can do.
0: 20. I rolled a 20. Okay. Well, you both succeed. It sounds like, though, Ziv's taking care of himself. <laughs> yep. So uh, I'm there to I'm there to catch him as he gently falls in <laughs>
1: the arms. I'm in a hero pose with one arm in a sling one arm out. All right, so
0: Ziv, describe this feather fall for us. So they're falling, and Ziv's like, "Ha ha ha!
1: I planned this all along." And he jumps out with his blade in hand, casting the spell, and just this little glow uh, emits around him, and he slowly falls, you know, gently coming down into Exdolu's arms. <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome. Now that this giant lies dead, the three of you are able to more closely inspect the glow from the center of the room. As you approach it to examine from a close distance, it simply looks like a water well. But when you peek over the edge, you see a purple and dark blue swirl circling below. Looking into the well, you almost get you get vertigo as it appears to be a bottomless void. The ledge of the well begins to illuminate a globing white script after a few moments. Walking around the well, you read this magical writing and it says, This gate is no longer
1: closed by its linked protector.
2: Linked, dear, linked. Oh,
1: linked, Uh, its linked protector. The gate will close soon. Oh, nice. It's kind of weird looking in on my homeworld. Doesn't look fun.
2: Wait, well, I'm sorry, your, your home world.
1: Yeah, Grixolis. Apparently, that's where these, uh, the, the Shatterkai and the Raven Queen are.
3: This is where the gate leads.
2: Oh.
1: I wonder if my parents are on the other side. My biological parents.
2: Are you considering going through the gate?
1: I feel like there won't be any way back. He looks down into this, this void that's swirling about, and for a minute, he considers it, and then he takes a step back. No, I. Aces is my home, and I gotta, I need to protect it.
0: You then begin to feel a tremble in the area, and in your minds, you each hear,
2: A new land
0: to feed on? You have provided me a way. You have provided me a new world to thrive on. And then you look back down into the well, and you see, without kind of reference points to know the distance, a circular mouth lined with rows of teeth begins rushing upwards towards you, moving like an eel in the ocean. Fins at the end of its tendrils in a row of spines down its back. This creature gazes at you with an evil three eyes. It is growing larger and larger as it gets closer and closer, almost gargantuan in size. The well hums and shakes. The Necro Mountain feels like it's collapsing. And then there is a silence and a still as the well's energy ceases and the portal is closed. figure it out <laughs> yeah just figure it out fear dude. It out. you gotta
3: you know just no, figure it out
0: you just gotta like figure it out
1: and you know you're you're fine and i'm just like you know talking to buddy and buddy's like hey going? you're
0: like oh buddy i it out
1: <laughs> that is legit how i used to
0: talk before i learned this <laughs> and i hope you're still recording because that's totally <laughs> going to be an outtake <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> warren's a good person I love Ziv so
2: much
0: <laughs> like, He tries <laughs> Lucas knowing that he's the guardian of fucking evil <laughs> Hashtag Warren didn't do anything wrong
2: <laughs> Yeah, I do like the sort of naivety that Ziv has
1: Yes I actually took the lucky feat for Ziv Just because I believe that's the only reason He survived to this point is just pure luck <laughs> Do you ever get that feeling that you walk into a room and then you think, why am I here? Have you ever noticed that that feeling has been going on for quite some time now, that you can't remember something incredibly important? That is The Ballad of the Seven Dice. For years now, it's been continuously wiped from your mind in an effort to destroy the connection to the Far Realm, but you should not forget these heroes, these people who risked their lives to save you and all of existence. Join us at balladtothe 7 to continue to spread this word and fight against the gods Eurasia.
3: Our world, once beautiful, filled with hope and ripe with life, now stares under the emptiness of extinction. Where kingdoms reigned, capital cities now sprawl, ripe with fear and loss. Those upon the edges of the wilds become fewer, as corruption seeps from the shadows down deep. But we will not submit to the night, we will not willingly be consumed by the gloom. Companies will rise, the Grey Wolves will fight. While Manifest may tear themselves from our dreams, we will take back the light they have stolen. Join us at midnightkingdoms.com. Fight with us. Make our print in the Chronicles of the Grey Wolves.
0: It is a busy day in Cerevelle. The streets are quite populated, but we focus in on the quick movement of Exodolu, who is walking towards the school of planar learning. Heltron and an archmage are walking out of the mountain's entrance talking. They stop about a hundred feet away from the entrance as the doors to the school close, revealing an engraving of a man holding a shield and sword. Exdolu approaches Heltron as the two give farewells. Heltron, may we speak briefly? Of course, Exdolu. What is it you'd like to discuss?
3: Then the Florians, defenses of the Grixolis Gate. They had giant statues that are supposedly protectors of Asus, put in a dormant state. I think I can awaken them to help with the prophecy.
0: hmm This seems unnecessary with the gate to Grixolas closed as you three reported. What makes you think we need them?
3: I've been reading about interplanar travel. If Grixolas wanted to get here, they still could by traveling to another realm connected to Aces. We may have cut off one link, but we did not cut them all off. We may have just delayed the inevitable. Ultron shows concern. Why would the Wizard's Rainbow not know of this? The Wizards' Rainbow and Golden Crails' squabble has handicapped their ability to share knowledge. In my study of each organization's libraries, I was able to come to this conclusion.
0: Heltron looks intrigued. Do not tell Remora of this. Tell my men in Port Bella Tool to give you passage back.
3: No need. I know the location now. I will get myself there.